drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Friday, September the 23rd, the feast day of St. Padre Pio. Praise be to God, my patron saint, my confirmation saint. Pray for us. Going to be a great show today. In fact, uh, here's a question for you. Do you have an impossible situation in your life? How about an impossible relationship in your life? Have you ever considered asking Our Lady Undoer of Knots? Have you prayed the uh, novena? Have you prayed the prayers? Well, we're going to have a conversation today with Sylvia Dorham. Uh, she has written a book, a children's book for Our Lady Undoer of Knots with Tan. But we're going to talk about Our Lady of Undoer of Knots coming up at 35 past the hour. At 15 past the hour, I really want to conversate with you about what's going on in Iran and in Russia, uh, both places of great unrest at the moment. And uh, we're going to have a conversation around that at 15 past the hour. So stick around if you can. Uh, of course, uh, Dave Palmer is going to be back on at the top of the next hour. He is the host of a show called Back to the Father, uh, where he goes into Thomistic theology and philosophy. He really just unpacks the Summa Theologica. And today we're going to be talking about the hierarchy and grades of the angels and why we should care about them. All of that on today's program. Lots of stories in the news, of course. Hey, here's some good news for you. 162 researchers who have worked for the top U.S. nuclear facilities. Guess what? They're all working for China now. That's fun. That's, that's good news. Texas governor designates Mexican cartels as terrorist organizations. It's a good start anyway. Hey, the teachers union in Ohio, in Ohio's Hillard City School District, have given the teachers there... Pins, safe space pins with QR codes, then once scanned with the kids' cell phones, lead to how-to guides on extreme, grotesque, perverse, I would say, diabolic sexual content. Yeah, that's a thing. Thanks, thanks, Teachers Union. That's amazing. Hey, the Air Force Academy tells their cadets to use gender-neutral gender language. No more calling mom and dad, mom and dad. No, no. Diversity training has taught them otherwise. The future is bright. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Uh, what would what, you? What, what is it? What? Hmm? What did you do to your face? Uh, what, what happened to your? Nothing. I didn't uh, do anything. Was that like? I, what is this thing underneath your hmm? your bottom lip there? What do we call that? Uh, there's nothing there. It doesn't exist. Is that? I have a non-existent chin. <laughs> That's why I had a beard before, but uh, you know, I was watching that movie uh, for Greater Glory, the movie yeah. about the Cristeros. Yeah. Good cast. Um, I guess I'll talk about it in the after show, but mm -hmm. anyway, you want, you I it? saw, I finished it finally. Okay. I saw all of the characters had mustaches mm -hmm. and I thought, Hey, that looks pretty good. Maybe I'll try that myself. So, so I'm giving this a shot. You threatened us yesterday that you were going to shave the beard. The people spoke and, and I listened. <laughs> you listened. And so now I have a mustache. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> because you're listening to us on radio, I shaved my beard. So now I just have a, a mustache, kind look, of a curly cue kind of thing. You look 12. Hey, thanks, I mean, man. you look great. 
I mean, praise be to God. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of uh, looking great or speaking of, of uh, looking 12. Looking 12. 12. <laughs> <laughs> well, which, which one are we talking Love. about? You <laughs> have a rare great gift, Adrian, and that you will look 12 for the rest of your life. So I hope so. Give That'd God great. glory for that. But no, the uh, I, in honor of Rudy uh, doing uh, shaving off his beard, I too will shave off my beard. Oh, oh wait. wow. I don't have a beard. <laughs> the, pre- the peer pressure all of a sudden to shave is yeah, high. Yeah, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm more of a clean-shaven kind of guy. I've tried to grow beards multiple times in the past, yeah. and it's been a failure. It's been but, a failure. you know, Rip. it's good to be here nonetheless. And please yeah. pray for me. Uh, I will be going to St. Elizabeth and Seton tomorrow to, uh, in Houston to give a talk on two pretty big topics. I got 20 minutes for each topic, and the topic number one is... Uh, moral relativism. Topic number two is who can be saved. So that's going to be um, pretty pretty dense topics for a twenty minute talk. So there you go, folks. So please pay for me and pray for the kids. It'll be about three hundred kids that will be there. So wow. uh, if you'd keep us in your prayers, I'd be very grateful. All right, praise nice. be to God. That's tomorrow. What time? Uh, the first talk is at ten. The second is at I think like one or something like that. It's around that time, okay. somewhere around there. Praise be to God. Well, we will be praying uh, for sure. Uh, for that. We have a, uh, a lot to discuss today. We're looking forward to our conversation with uh, Miss Sylvia Durham later this at uh, 35 past the hour. Our Lady Undoer of Knots. If you like children's books, you're going to like that conversation. But I just think in general, we missed some great opportunities in life to uh, to try to undo some of the complex knots that we have tied in our life. And Our Lady is the answer to that. But let's pray. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, September 23rd. You made it to the weekend, and here are your headlines this morning. Reuters reports Northern Ireland has more Catholics than Protestants for first time. The shift follows a century after the Northern Ireland, Ireland state was established with the aim of maintaining a pro-British Protestant Unionist majority as a counterweight to the newly independent, predominantly Catholic Irish state to the south. Data from the 2021 census showed 45.7% of responders identified as Catholic or were brought up Catholic, compared with 43.5% identifying as Protestants. The previous census in 2011 showed Protestants outnumbered Catholics 48% to 45. Northern Ireland's historic sectarian divisions can be traced back to the 17th century, when Protestant settlers from Scotland and England were planted in the northeastern part of the island to bolster the authority of the English crown. Breitbart reports nearly 1,200 arrested in dozens of Russian cities for anti-war protests. Russian leader Vladimir Putin's declaration that he will double down in Ukraine by calling up to 300,000 Russian reservists did not go over well with the 18 to 65-year-old men who might get called up. Euronews and the Associated Press reported almost 1,200 arrests during the demonstrations in 37 cities, despite the fact that protesting against Putin's war is strictly illegal, and the punishment can be up to 15 years in prison. Sky News reports Pinterest sorry Molly Russell was able to view online content linked to self-harm, Inquest hears. 
Pinterest head of community operations said he was sorry that a schoolgirl named Molly Russell was able to view content relating to self-harm on the platform. North London Coroner's Court on Thursday was shown two streams of content the 14-year-old saw, comparing the materials she viewed earlier in her use of the platform and in the months closer to her death. While the earlier stream of content included a wide variety of material, the later focused on depression, self-harm, and suicide. Molly from Harrow, Northwest London, was found dead in her bedroom in November 2017 after viewing online content that promoted self-harm. And the Daily Wire reports man who allegedly drove over, or drove over, ran over a Republican teen says, I don't want to lose my job, life, or house because of Bond. The 41-year-old man who allegedly admitted to murdering a Republican teenager over politics at the start of the week said uh, this week in court that he did not want to lose things in his life due to Bond because of the charges. Brandt admitted to striking a pedestrian with his car because he had a political argument with the pedestrian and believed the pedestrian was calling people to come and get him, court documents state. Brandt admitted to leaving the scene of the incident and returning shortly after when he called 911. Prosecutors alleged teen called his mom moments before he was killed to say Brandt, who she knows, was chasing him after an event. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is a, another Dominican saint. I know it's Padre Pio's feast day, and that's important too. But everybody knows who Padre Pio is. Not everybody knows who Blessed Mark of Modena is. He was born in Modena at the beginning of the 15th century. Mark was born in Modena and entered the convent of the order there in young manhood. He observed the rules with great fidelity and became noted both for his learning and his holiness, which is a sentence that would fit into nearly every Dominican biography written and tells us nothing in particular about Mark as a person. However, when we recall the times which he lived, it becomes clearer to us that anyone who kept the Dominican rule in its entirety is truly to our notice. The abuses which stirred Savonarola to thundering speech in the pulpits of Ferrara and Florence could not have been absent from all of Italy. It looked solid virtue, it took solid virtue to hold out against the opulent worldliness of the times, and Mark of Medina apparently did a thorough job of it since he has been beatified. Mark was made prior of the convent of Pesario, and the only miracle we have on record Took, uh, he is supposed to have done many, but the one we have on record took place at his convent. A woman's little boy had died, and she pleaded with Mark to restore the child's life. After praying for a while, Mark turned to her and said, Madam, your little boy is in paradise. Do not try to get him back again, for his second loss will be worse than this one. However, she insisted on this working, the miracle, and he did so. The child returned to life. And ten years later, covered with disgrace and opprobrium, died a second time, leaving his mother in worse grief than ever. Mark of Medina died in 1498, the year that the city of Florence burned Savonarola at the stake. It was a time of terrible happenings in Italy and all Europe. The people of Medina mourned the death of Mark and went to pray at his tomb. Many of their needs were answered there, and a number of prodigies were reported in connection with the translation of his relics to the Rosary Chapel of the church. The bells were said to have rung by themselves, and sweet perfume filled the air until recently his relics were still exposed yearly for veneration during the week of Whit Sunday. He died in Pisario in 1498 and was beatified by Pope Pius IX in 1857. 
Blessed Mark of Medina, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 22. Once when Jesus was praying in solitude and the disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the ancient prophets has arisen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said in reply, The Christ of God. He rebuked them and directed them not to tell this to anyone. He said, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Adrian, what did you find? Yes. So, Cornelius Lapide talking about this, he, because this word we're quoting in Luke here, but whenever there's a repeat of a story that's reiterated, he always points back to the last one. So, we're actually going back to Matthew to see whenever he asked, Who do people say that I am? He says here, Whom do men say? Whom do they say that I, who out of humility am want to call myself the Son of Man? And especially I now so call myself that I may examine your faith concerning me, O ye apostles. The Syriac less correctly divides the sentence in this manner. What do men say concerning me that I am the son of man? For Christ does not here ask whether he be so called, but asserts that he is the son of man. And goes on to ask what further men think about him. But some said of or one of the prophets. The common people among the Jews were aware that for several hundred years, prophets had failed to be amongst them. So Cornelius Lapide goes on and talks about this, this point, showing that people have thought throughout the ages that there were, there were messiahs. Kind of like how we think today, where people say, come out and they start yelling in the street corner saying, this, this guy is going to be is the second coming of Christ. And these are like, and they look at it and it turns out it's false. And so, too, Chris Lapide is saying that at that time, there were many failed messiahs. And so people here are looking at our Lord, and they're thinking, who is this man? He's working miracles. He's doing things that make us think he's a messiah, but he's not exactly the way we think he would be. And so he comes and he asks the apostles, who do you say that I am? And in a, in a tropological sense, who do you, listener, say that the Son of Man is? Who do you say that our Lord is? Is he God? Is he just some teacher? Is he actually changing the way we live our lives day to day? Or is he just someone that we talk to on Sunday? Keep that in mind today and think about that. Amen. Praise be to God. Make a choice. Whom do you serve? And then act accordingly. After this break, what's concerning us is coming up next. been told that so long as sexual activity is performed between consenting adults, there's nothing morally wrong with what's done. Is this a reasonable way of morally evaluating sexual behavior? I don't think so, and here's why. First, such reasoning justifies disturbing acts like that of Ormond Mivis, who butchered and ate a willing victim that responded to an advertisement placed on the internet. I don't think we want to say consensual cannibalism is okay. Second, the assertion arbitrarily picks consent as the only aspect of nature's design for sex as having any moral significance. If we must reverence nature's design for consensual sex, 
And why is it okay to not reverence nature's design for procreation? If it's okay to reject one, well, then it's okay to reject the other. So rather than reverencing consensual sex, this argument undermines it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, this is Sister Dee Byrne. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men, gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 11.30 a.m. for the march. Everyone else, show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about the urgent need to be actively pro-life and pro-eternal life. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and please spread the word. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I'm feeling a little better today. Whew, the last two days, like like a train wreck ran over me. Just rough. I had an, I've got an infection in the jaw that I think that and uh, 18 hours worth of driving straight was just probably a, a bridge too far for my for my elderly condition. But nonetheless... But nonetheless, we are surviving it. Praise be to God. And it's the weekend, so. Are you sure you didn't get Havana syndrome? I might have. Yeah, mm. the whole time. Maybe they just sapping me. You know, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Knows. Hey, coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Sylvia Dorham. Uh, she has written a book with Tan. She publishes uh, uh, children's books there. And she has a book on Our Lady Undoer of Knots. And we're going to have a conversation around Our Lady Undoer of Knots. So join us if you can and do share us with a friend. Speaking of Our Lady Undoer of Knots, I think there's a lot of uh, good reasons to ask Our Lady to untie the complex knots of the world around us, let alone our own personal lives, right? And, of course, uh, Russia is still a big story in the news today. Uh, This past week, I mean, just a couple days ago, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin made uh, an announcement. In fact, he was... It was supposed to be live on state television. He was two hours late. And then they just said, you know what? We're, we're going to go to bed. We'll, we'll talk to you in the morning. And then the next morning, they aired the announcement. Now, some have said that they didn't think that the announcement was live. It was taped. We don't know. But I was uh, watching some body language experts, which I think we're going to try to get them on. We're hoping anyway to get this particular body language expert on because they reviewed this video of uh, Vladimir Putin giving this statement and the statement has caused quite a bit of stir in his own country so basically what he said was we're going to mobilize he said and I'm paraphrasing his own words here but he said uh NATO has has uh pushed us to the point where we can't go any further they want war we're going to give them war that's essentially what he said now, I'm, again I'm paraphrasing his words you should Watch his own commentary for for more precision. But he said that their country and their sovereignty was being threatened and that he wouldn't stand by and watch that happen. So he called for a mobilization of 300,000. Now, I guess potentially they have uh, potentially they can mobilize millions, but he's only calling for 300,000. And then he used he used like a vague somewhat vague threat and reference to nuclear weapons. As far as I know, uh, Russia has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world. Now, 
I find that hard to believe, but I've heard that to be claimed. I can't believe America doesn't have more, to be honest with you, but okay, let's just say that that's true. Either way, even if he had one, that's kind of scary. Uh, and he said that they would and have the ability to defend themselves, and it's not a bluff. And he, like, he said that. And the body language expert that I was watching yesterday, she, she watched his body language in that, and she's like, this guy is serious. He means business. He's making it super clear. Don't mess with him. So the world is apparently on the brink of yet another nuclear uh, catastrophe. And I guess the rhetoric coming out of the United Nations yesterday didn't help anything. Um, everybody seems to be doubling down. Is this the war that we all want to fight for? Is this a war that we is worth the potential destruction of the world as we know it? Because if nuclear war happens, that's going to be pretty much it for the world as far as the ability to live a normal life. All of those dystopian Hollywood films may actually come true. Uh, because if the West falls, then all third world countries do too. Because who, who, I mean, it's just, it's going to be a nightmare. So there's an opportunity here to pray for Our Lady of Undoer of Knots and come together to pray fast and do penance that peace will reign and not war. We don't want war. And so that, the other thing I found very interesting about the story coming out of Russia is, uh, the people that they've called up so far are not in Moscow. They are not in St. Petersburg. Okay, they are not in the west of Russia. So far, the 300,000 people that they are calling up, men who are of, the, of, a, of a decent age, they're not old guys like me or older. They are guys who have gone through military training. They've been conscripted in the past. They've had some combat experience. But these guys are in the Far East. These are guys uh, living on in the ethnic regions uh, way out in the East on the border of China, or Mongolia and China. And uh, they're not pulling from Moscow. Hmm. Why would that be? Why would the affluent folks living in Moscow get a pass and the folks that are poorer... In the East, they don't. They're getting called up. They're getting put on buses. They're getting taken off. So that's been a very interesting turn of events. Also, some of these separatist regions of of Ukraine that have uh, been the focus of the military action of Russia and Ukraine, did you know they're going through referendums today? For like the next three days, these regions of Ukraine are voting to become a part of the uh, Russian Federation like Crimea had already done. So they're actually voting for that, and there are uh, credible reports that the Ukraine is bombing these locations right now. So I would say it is a very complex situation. It is not straightforward. It is not uh, easy. It's it's hard to pick winners and losers in all this. Uh, and as we've been saying now for a very long time, and every time we've talked about the Russia-Ukraine story, our, our hearts go out to the people who are suffering, the people caught in the middle not necessarily governments involved, because that becomes uh, more complicated. And I think their agendas and their motives are, uh, are in the shadows versus the people who have to live there, breathe there, and die there, apparently. They're having a much harder time. So we pray for, for peace uh, to reign here. And Our Lady Undo of Renatsk might be an excellent 
recourse. And what if the whole church prayed, came together to pray the novena uh, in this regard? It would be amazing. Now, there was a, a peace deal that did fall through. The United States did not like it, so they pressured they pressured the negotiators to not accept it. It would have led to NATO backing off, Ukraine never being part of NATO, and Russia would have uh, would have backed off, but that wasn't good enough. So everything is being ramped up to a very, very dangerous level. The other thing is uh, now we're seeing, in fact, you might remember, I had on the show uh, a couple months ago now, our friend from Russia, Konstantin. In fact, that video on our YouTube channel kind of blew up. It got like over 100,000 views or something like that. He has a YouTube channel called Inside Russia. And I was watching his commentary as well as several other Russian YouTube channels to see kind of what their perspective is. In cities all over Russia, we are seeing protests now, which Russia does not like protests. They don't want protests. And every time someone tries to protest, they just arrest them. So there's been thousands of arrests already. They're chanting down with war. They are, they're talking about, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin regime change. So these protests are ramping up. But what's also pro, uh, interesting, and I'm sharing my desktop here, Adrian, uh, I'm going to show this comment from Constantine uh, in his Inside Russia YouTube channel. There is a mass exodus of military-aged males going on in Russia right now. They are, if you could share my desktop, please. Uh, they are fleeing to the border in droves. They are trying to get out of Russia as fast as they can. And here's this commentary from Constantine. says, apparently, on September the 22nd, according to the Commerçant, in 12 hours since the announcement of the mobilization, Russians have about all have bought all available airplane tickets to Dubai, Evaran, Astana, and Istanbul for the next few days. The demand has risen by as much as 1,500%. Prices for most airfares have also grown by up to 1,500%. Last September 2022 turns out to be a very popular time to take a vacation in a foreign land. Vacation exodus, so to speak. Wow. Uh, So airlines are booked with military-aged males leaving the country. They're also going to the borders, trying to drive across the borders. Some of them are seeking asylum, but the issue is uh, those countries will not grant asylum for people trying to avoid a draft. The other issue is, uh, in the same time they issued the mobilization order, they also changed the laws in Russia so that if you try to avoid being conscripted again, avoid being mobilized, you might now go to prison for a very long time. Whereas before, apparently, it was a much lighter situation. And it seems to me that there is a large sentiment in Russia that doesn't feel that this conflict is worth dying for. There also seems to be a large uh, in, uh, uh, percentage of the population that uh, laments this continuing division between Ukraine and Russian peoples who have very similar backgrounds. Now, we all know the story of the Soviet Union and its attack against Ukraine, starving its people, uh, Stalin, starving the the Ukrainians, stealing their food in order to feed Moscow or Leningrad. And uh, so they have a, a difficult background, to be sure.
And this is a troubling story, so let's keep that in our prayers. Let me switch over to uh, the other story, and uh, let's talk about Iran. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but in Iran, there are protests breaking out all over the Iranian nation right now. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of coverage. I've seen some coverage, but not a lot of coverage. And what happened was there was a, a young girl, 22 years old, uh, Masa Ami, uh, Amini, and she basically got stopped by the morality police. And they arrested her, and then they beat her, and she ended up dying as a result. And now tens of thousands of Iranians are out protesting across the country. And they are also calling for regime change. Adrian, can I get you to play the audio clip of her father and him recounting uh, the scenario in which she died, please? How his daughter died. I asked them to show me the footage from the police officer's body cameras. They told me the cameras were out of charge. I asked them why you didn't transfer her to the hospital earlier when she collapsed at the police station. And they said the ambulance's key was lost for 20 minutes and they couldn't find it. Can you believe this? I still cannot believe she's dead. I don't want to believe she's not alive. The authorities made up a lot of lies. Iranian state media are saying she had health conditions before. But that's a lie. The medical report was full of lies. The doctor told me they would report whatever they liked. I went to the medical office a couple of times. They didn't let me in. Our colleagues in BBC so Persian also... So that came from the BBC in, uh, in their podcast for their news hour today. So lots going on around the world. Uh, great unrest in Iran, another country that does not like protests and tends to clamp down pretty hard on protests. Will there be regime change in Iran? I don't think so. Big protests have happened there before. But lots of reasons to pray to Our Lady Undoer of Knots today. We'll be right back. That conversation is coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just a bunch of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts and it's against freedom? G.K. Chesterton says, Catholic doctrine and discipline may be walls, but they are the walls of a playground. Freedom exists only within the rules. The greatest act of freedom is obedience, not disobedience. Breaking the rules never makes us happy and certainly does not make us free. God's rules are for our good, not to restrict us, but to protect us. That is how the truth makes us free. Chesterton says that while the church has established rule and order, the chief aim of that order is to give room for good things to run wild. You want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, this is Carrie Beatley. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men, gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 1130 for the march. And everyone else, show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about how America's abortion king pushed the lie of abortion on the American people. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. 
Breitbart reports private school diversity director resigns following Breitbart News investigation. Kalia Selman was previously a diversity director at Maryvale Preparatory, a Catholic all-girls school located in the Baltimore area and associated with the National Association of Independent Schools. A report from Breitbart News documented that Selman had made a number of startling statements during a presentation she participated in outside of the school. Among them were comments that endorsed segregation and advocated for anti-white discrimination. Selman stated that black indigenous people of color spaces are sacred, going on to say it's necessary for BIPOC students to have a space away from white gaze. The diversity director also said, it's absolutely okay to give black and brown students things, things that you're not giving white children. Selman's diversity work was aided by upper school head and assistant head of school, Victor Shin, who accused students and families who do not conform to the diversity agenda of causing trauma and harm. Ground News reports Britain lifts ban on fracking for shale gas. Britain on Thursday formally lifted a moratorium on fracking for shale gas that has been in place since 2019, saying strengthening the country's energy supply was an absolute priority. Business and Energy Secretary Jacob Rees-Mogg said all sources of energy needed to be explored. Fracking involves extracting shale gas from rocks by breaking them up with water and chemicals at high pressure. CNA reports leading theologian sees a rise in the interest in Aquinas among young Catholics. A new generation of young people are deeply invested in the study of St. Thomas Aquinas, according to Father Thomas Joseph White. The Dominican theologian and rector at the Angelicum in Rome said that he has witnessed both a new academic emphasis on historical accuracy regarding the 13th century saint and attention to his potential contemporary relevance. He says, quote, we're seeing a modest renaissance of Thomism in the church, particularly in the English-speaking world. People on the grassroots level are trying to think through the doctrine of the faith and bring theology to their local communities and to the broader church through rigorous investigation and responsible reflection, he said. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God and all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. I guess today's Friday. I kind of lost track of the time, which means today's the day we give out the CDT instead of email. That's true. So uh, look forward to that in your inbox. I usually always look for something cool to send your way by way of entertainment or insider information or whatever that uh, might be. So if you want to get in on that, be on the email by going to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And you can look for the CDT Insider email link, and it just takes a moment, and it's really easy. And we send you a goodie right away in your inbox just to say thank you. And that's a talk by Father Bill Casey of the Fathers of Mercy. Great conversation. You're going to love it, and it'll hit your inbox right away. So, again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT for the details. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Sylvia Dorham. She is a wife, homeschooling mother of 10, a Byzantine Catholic living in the greater D.C. area, and uh, has uh, published some books, uh, children's books, and there's uh, this, this latest one, Our Lady Undoer of Knots by Tan. Good morning to you, Sylvia. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. We're very grateful for your time today. Thank you for being on with us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Byzantine Catholic, let's start with that. That's very fascinating. Were you raised in the Byzantine Catholic Church? I was not. I was actually raised a Protestant and found out when I went to become Catholic that I had been baptized Catholic as a two-year-old, wow. which just says how the sacraments draw you back to the faith. Amen. Amen. I was I just was doing a mission trip in Arizona uh, re- 
helping to lead a retreat for men. And uh, the, one of the deacons there was a Byzantine deacon, and he and I had a great conversation about uh, the Byzantine liturgy. So uh, I just thought it was fascinating to find out that you were a Byzantine Catholic. Um, yes. uh, wonderful. Let's talk about Our Lady Undoer of Knots. Uh, can you give us the backstory of Our Lady Undoer of Knots? Where did this title come from? Well, it's an interesting story. And Our Lady, of course, is always interested in relationships, um, as many women are. Um, in particular, back in 1602, Wolfgang and Sophie got married in Germany, and it was a difficult marriage from the very start. Part of the wedding ceremony in those days was the couple would clasp hands and the priest would wrap a white ribbon around their clasped hands to represent the unity of this new marriage. Well, Wolfgang and Sophie began to fight immediately. And the difficulties went on and on and on. And every time Sophie would have an argument with her husband, she would take her white ribbon and tie a tight knot in it until before long, what used to be a beautiful white silken ribbon was now a dirty, grimy, messy example of what was happening between them. Mm -hmm. So after several years of hopelessness, uh, Wolfgang decided that he would make a pilgrimage to Father Jacob, who lived about 40 miles away from where he was. So for four consecutive Saturdays, he walked 40 miles to visit Father Jacob and ask for prayers for his marriage. On the fourth Saturday, he took with him this knotted mess that used to be representative of their marriage. And Father Jacob took this ribbon and stood in front of a picture of Our Lady of Snows and prayed, interceded on behalf of this couple. And as the story goes, Our Lady right then and there untied this knotted mess wow. and made it back into its original brightness. And Wolfgang took that back home with him. Over time, their marriage improved. They stuck with it. And God gave them the grace to continue on. And they had children and grandchildren. And they told each successive generation this story of God's grace in their marriage. And their grandson commissioned a painting that still hangs today in a cathedral in Germany of Our Lady Undur of Knots. And it was there that an Argentinian seminarian named Jorge Bergoglio found it in the mid 20th century and brought it home to Argentina. And from there, we know the rest of the story. Mm. So that is why Pope Francis has a devotion to Our Lady Undur of Knots because of this Absolutely. image that he discovered. Yes. That's fascinating. Yeah. Isn't that a great story? Uh, I would say uh, Wolfgang and his lovely wife uh, are typical of most marriages, though, right? I mean, uh, it's so true. I mean, arguing hard. between men and women is a very standard practice, I would argue, in most houses, for sure. So uh, I, I w wouldn't you say that then Our Lady Undoer of Knots becomes a devotion? Uh, is that like the atypical uh, employment of this devotion is just be in marriage, but uh, certainly, as I was pointing out in the last segment, it's, it would seem to me that uh, maybe a, a novena to Our Lady and Doer of Knots around the entire Universal Church might subdue conflicts <laughs> and, and persecutions all over the world. Well, you know, it's important to remember 1 Corinthians 9.22, which talks about how St. Paul is saying, I've become all things to all people so that by some means, people, everybody would be saved. And Our Lady is that way. She's become all things to us so that by some means she can reach the hearts of so many people in so many different situations. So we have Our Lady of Mount Carmel and we have Our Lady of Lourdes and we have our, 
the whole litany of Loretto of all of the different titles that she has, because each of those reaches out to a, a person or persons in a particular situation. Mm. So in this one, Our Lady Andura of Nazi is perfectly timed for the situation in our world and in our church and in our own hearts and our families. And so we depend on her intercession to take the things that we just can't handle anymore and fix it for us. Yeah. So uh, bad relationships inside and outside the house is a good uh, good deal for that, too. What is uh, how long have you been making children's books, by the way? You know, it's been more than a decade. Um, and this particular book was published by Tan on the heels of a series about monks mm-hmm. that I've written to kind of describe not only monastic life, but also the nature of God, his unchanging nature and his relationships to us. Wow. And you have 10 children, praise be to Jesus. What, Amen, can, praise can, him indeed. <laughs> can you give us the age range on your children? Well, they go from 28 down to four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a similar story. Uh, my oldest is going to be 25. He's got three kids of his own, married three kids, right. and my youngest is six. So, right on. Uh, so it's, okay. uh, it's a spread. It's a spread. And, they are uh, the prop of our old age. That's, that's right. So, uh, but, but praise be to God for it. So uh, when did you find, like, I, I, I guess it makes sense when you're homeschooling and you got 10 kids. I mean, you're, you're used to sort of interacting and speaking on their level. So it seems like it would be a good fit to, to also be able to uh, come up with these, these children's books. Maybe you can tell us about the process of how you decided what stories to tell and how you would tell them. You know, I found, of course, my greatest responsibility as a homeschooling parent is to make sure that they learn the faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the church is very clear about that, that CCD is there to help. But honestly, it's my responsibility. And I'm going to stand in front of the throne of grace one day and God's going to be like, so <laughs> how'd you do with my kids? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted to find ways to make the faith stick in their brains, but also in the brains of the parents who were ministering to their own children. So as we all know from commercial jingles, what works best for memorizing things are rhythm Mm -hmm. and rhyme. So, um, you know, all of us could, we could recite jingles that we heard all the way back in our childhood, commercial jingles for products that probably don't even, not all of them even exist anymore. So how do we apply that to the faith? Well, I like to come up with songs. I like to employ the techniques of the Baltimore Catechism, which is learning by rote. But if you take the rote sentences and you add to them a rhythm and you have the children run or stomp to the rhythm or sing the song, then suddenly we've taken an empty room and we've lined it with hooks that we can hang all of this information on. Mm. And it means that if I say to you, who made me? If you remember the Baltimore Catechism from way back when you were a child, you'll respond right away with... My what music playing. Uh, we're at a break. I'm, I was just, I got confused there for a second, but that music yes. means we have to go to a break or we're at a hard break for our network. So hold that thought. Right. Uh, Sylvia Dorm is our guest. We're talking about her book, uh, Our Lady Undoer of Knots, published by Tan, which, by the way, you can find on their website at uh, tanbooks.com. But don't go anywhere. More coming up right after this very quick break. 
Men, it's time. Participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th, 11.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. in Boston. There is a man connected to every abortion. Men are a big part of the problem, and it's time for all men to take responsibility and be a big part of the solution. All men of goodwill are invited to participate in the march, and everyone else is needed to show up for the rally beginning at 2 p.m. outside of the State House. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and spread the word. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What is the life expectancy of any human organization to exist under one rule of law? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the deceit of dominance. Kingdoms, empires, and societies all come and all go. Why? Moral decay, a blind eye, and defiance to the order of a civil society. Secondly, history. Kingdoms such as the Persians, the Greeks, the Ottomans, even the Roman Empire made it for around a thousand years, but soon they all find themselves failing, imploding, and finally splitting. Ah, but there's one that has survived, the Catholic Church, and under one rule of law. And thirdly, my take, a promise. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would infuse the apostles with a divine glue that would hold his church together. It is a human impossibility that the Catholic Church would persist through time, terror, and trouble. Well, the Rolling Stones have lasted 60 years, the Atlanta Braves about 150, the teetering Southern Baptists about 180, but we're still here 2,000 years later, and the best is yet to come. Find me online at Smarty Pants Catholic Evangelism. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. I was just going through some of these interesting commentary uh, on the video today. Uh, thank you all for joining us. By the way, we will be uh, chatting with you in the after show, second half of the second hour. So uh, make sure to uh, leave your comments and, or questions, and we'll, we'll be addressing them for sure. Uh, but uh, joining us once again right now is uh, Sylvia Durham. She has a book out called Our Lady, Undoer of Knots with TantanBooks.com. And you can find it there. It's beautifully illustrated. And just before the break, you were talking about how you employ uh, rhyme in a very strategic way to help us to better understand, to learn. And here's what I found fascinating by that. Um, you pointed out how marketing has used that against us <laughs> for a very long time. Young people memorize songs. Uh, I remember as a kid, I would memorize songs like it was very easy for me to do. Right. But uh, Arius, in fact, spread the Arian yes. heresy That's right. by stealing bar tunes. He That's would right. he would take the tune of a of songs sung in in taverns, and he would put his own lyrics on top of them. And they would stick in the minds of the of the people very, and they would spread like wildfire that way. So, like, yes. almost, you might almost think like parody songs, you know. So, uh, rhyming has been a technique that I've used to memorize all kinds of things in life. Uh, so, I think it's very fascinating. And you were pointing out the Baltimore Catechism before we go. That rote memory uh, is a technique that uh, that used to be uh, the the standard practice up until I would say JP 2s Catechism. Yeah, that sounds about right. The power of rote memory um, is that it will come back to you at any age. When we go to Alzheimer's patients to sing to them, uh, if we start the lyrics of a song and add the music in, they will fill in the words even if they can't remember their own names. Mm -hmm. They don't know where they are. But the words to the hymn that they learned as a six or seven-year-old that has rhyme and it has music and it has rhythm to it, come unbidden to their lips, uh, which is just a beautiful way that God draws praise from the very simple. 
Um, so it's very important that we make the effort to instill in our kids um, these verses, this the faith, just go through the effort to have them memorize it and memorize it yourself while you're there. Uh, because then it comes unbidden to your lips in times of trouble or in times when you're prompted by a word, say the word mercy, and suddenly comes to your mouth and, and to your mind everything that you've memorized about mercy. And once you start memorizing, it becomes easier and easier. Yeah. Tell me about your illustrator. Um, that's, I think, one of the, the key aspects of your work you know, is looking at these illustrations because you're targeting really like uh, 10 year, 10 years older or younger. Absolutely. And the parents that read to them. What's so fascinating is that the illustrator is a homeschooled teenager. She was a teenager when she started working on this project. She and I have worked on a number of projects that include things about human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And so I knew the quality of illustration that this teenage young lady who was homeschooled was turning out. So I went to her mother and I asked if it was possible for her to spend some of her school time working on Our Lady Undoer of Knots. And she was not able to at the time. So we went through three different illustrators and nothing worked out. But this beautiful young woman who has a devotion to Our Lady, um, two years later was able to work on the project. And she brought to it all of her own skill and what she had learned during those two years about coloring. And she, she laid out all of this, these pictures and I said, oh, we need, to, we need to change the color scheme a little bit. And this is where her homeschool research capability came in. She said, oh, no, Mrs. Durham, we can't change the color scheme because I went to the original picture that's hanging in <laughs> the cathedral in Germany, and I chose the color scheme that exactly matches that painting. At which point I just said, I'm, I'm going to be quiet and let you do your job. <laughs> <laughs> So she is now um, working her way through art school, and part of the proceeds from the illustration of this book are putting her through art school, which I think is just a beautiful example of synergy, how we help each other to reach the goals that God has for us. Yeah, I think it's that combination of uh, bright, vivid, attractive images with simple text that makes it easier for, uh, for parents and children to enjoy that book. I mean, I got to tell you, anytime my kids bring me a Dr. Seuss book, my eyes roll. I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I mean, like the but tongue it stays in your brain. The tongue twisters. I mean, <laughs> uh, it just I don't know that I want to read that, son. You know, it's like we got to come up with something different here. So this, I think, is quite nice. And then, of course, if you like you said, you were following up on a series of monks. So having a whole series of books like this that are simple, easy to understand and and also stick in your brain. These can be powerful tools for little children. And for the parents that are reading it to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you hope will, what, what, to that end, what do you hope parents will take away from this? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of parents might say that this is just too simple for them, uh, not enough meat on the bone. So how do you think this will impact them? Well, see, I've never had anyone reply or give me a comment that it was too simple. Most people think about when you're putting your kids to bed at night, you've had a long day yourself, you're Mm -hmm. tired, you're ready to get to the 50 other tasks you have to do once the kid is in bed. Mm -hmm. So you quick read through a story for them, kiss them on the head and turn out the light. Um, But what happens is that each of these books have been built around a phrase. For instance, one of the monks books is built around the phrase, you can be angry, but don't sin. So you've read this rhyme to the children 
and it's in your brain and it's dancing around in there. You can be angry, don't sin. And the next morning the child wakes up and is saying, uh, you know, saying this phrase to you and you're reminded when you get angry, oh yeah, be angry, don't sin. And the Holy Spirit will hmm. take those phrases and activate them in your brain and in your heart because you've taken the time to fill your mind with good things. And the beauty of the illustrations just adds them all the more to your long-term memory. So in Our Lady Endure of Knots, there's a scene where it says, sometimes I think that my sin is so bad that God must be angry. Um, and it shows a picture of the little boy. And, you know, it expresses that feeling that we all have that, oh my gosh, I really messed up this time. And probably God doesn't really want me hanging around and I'm not a credit to the Christian faith. And maybe I should just be quiet, which of course is exactly what the devil wants for us is to not spread the faith. But on the next spread, it shows that, um, you know, Our Lady invites us in under her mantle and she gives us the strength to turn around and go to her son, say, I'm sorry, go to confession and start again. Mm -hmm. So those are the types of things we want to instill right at bedtime when kids are most open and parents are most open to the important pieces of the faith that we need to remember. Yes, Mrs. Doram, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of this, this great responsibility that we have as parents. Um, and when we, we um, juxtapose that with all the other responsibilities that we have to take care of, you know, when you said you're putting the, the, the child to bed, you're really tired yourself. I mean, I relate to that a lot, but <laughs> we have to remember, we have to remember that uh, we have to bring them up in the faith. And, and this is a great, simple way to, to instill the faith into our children uh, instead of uh, maybe giving them screen time or, you know, convenient right. things like that. Right. And also the act of sitting down in an intimate environment and reading to them and hugging them and holding them tight at the same time that we're imparting these uh, strictures of the faith to them um, is a very powerful way of etching the faith into their emotions and their heart. They'll remember that forever. They do. Yeah, Miss uh, Jane Steves on our Facebook feed says, In fifth grade for graduation, we learned the 50 states in alphabetical order in a song right. called 50 Nifty United States. I still can right. recite them. <laughs> to this day, that's exactly, that's exactly. Uh I can only remember the alpha, alphabet in song. That's it. That's as far as I can go with that. It's a but, good start. Uh, yeah, praise be to God. You know, and it's interesting because how how little effort most Catholics put into memorizing anything on the faith, if we're honest. Yes, and we used to memorize vast quantities mm. of Scripture, and yeah. then the Baltimore Catechism, mm -hmm. and then the things that, that Sister Jane would teach us in school. Mm -hmm. So we have the capability. In fact, our mind has the ability to hold 300 years worth of network television, which I think <laughs> would be a, a total waste. But it does also mean that we can memorize, even if we don't have an ideal memory, yeah. with practice mm -hmm. and with a little bit of self-discipline, we can commit to memory the scriptures, which the Bible says the scriptures are alive. Yeah. They're living and active, penetrate to the, penetrating to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Mm -hmm. So we have the ability to take this goodness in and then give it back to the people that we encounter on a daily basis. You know, it's fascinating, this memory technique and how effective it really is. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas would have like a mind castle. And so his technique was to, uh, to picture a, a physical location with different features, and he would place data in those, in those yes. features in his mind. 
And then he simply so had Teresa to. Teresa of Avila yeah. did the same. And he would simply have to walk through this location in his mind and recall the data that's stored there. Uh, there was uh, there was a great book about that. Um, John John's last name. Um, it, Memorize the faith. Memorize the by, faith. John. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, I'm forgetting his name too. Great book. <laughs> it, it's an interesting technique, and it's fascinating how well that works. But I would say. Uh, this technique actually is probably easier for most folks to do, uh, especially with children. Only by songs. Mm -hmm. Songs, when you add the music in there as well to the rhythm and the rhyme, um, it just it sticks even better. So writing songs for your kids or taking songs that have already been written yeah. and singing them, that's the ideal way to do it. I remember years ago when we would do an All Saints party, homeschooling uh, party, which would be really just a... A convention of 15 passenger vans in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> so true. You know, uh, my son, Daniel Jude, who was probably five or six at the time, maybe six or seven. At any rate, he was he was dressed up as, uh, I think he was St. Padre Pio that year, and which is feast day it is today, by the way. It is today. Happy and, feast. And he was very nervous because all the kids would have to get up and they'd have to recite a spiel about the saint and then they would have to guess what saint they were. So he was very nervous, and so he and I, I said, don't worry about this, I got this. And so he and I would spend time, and and uh, and I had him memorize a little thing about Padre Pio, but we did this this way, we we sang and we danced a little bit, and uh, he nailed it. <laughs> he got up there, right and, and he right nailed on. it. It was very, very good. It was a giveaway, though. The whole costume was a giveaway. No one no one was <laughs> thrown by that, but, uh, I, but I'm just blown away by... How simple the technique is and how effective it is. And yet uh, today it seems like well, I mean, we have papal encyclicals that are 200 pages long that nobody reads. So uh, maybe some simplicity is a good order of the day. And that music means we're out of time, though. Sylvia Dorham, God bless you. Thanks for your time today. The book is Our Lady. The book is Our Lady Undoer of Knots at tanbooks.com. Check it out. Great opportunity to uh, bless your children and bless your life at uh, tanbooks.com. So it'll be great having you on again. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Thanks, Joe. That is going to do it for hour number one. Join us with Dave Palmer after the break at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll see you back here Monday morning. Hi, this is Father Stephen Imbarato. Join us in Boston for the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th. Men, we will gather outside the Planned Parenthood to begin the march, and then we're going to meet everyone else for a 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about constitutional personhood for the pre-born and where we need to go from here. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Again, details, mensmarch.com. Join us and spread the word. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Why is your Protestant Bible four ounces lighter than my Catholic Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a faulty scale? Nope. Well, maybe it's just the weight of the paper or the cover or the binding or some introductory comments. We wish it were just that simple. No, it's the seven books that got dismissed by team Martin Luther. Secondly, audacity. Audacity allowed Luther and others to extract time-tested truths of Scripture and key letters from the canon. What? Yes. 
Yes, about 1,200 years after the Bible canon was fully established, they rejected seven Old Testament books. Not only that, Luther placed the New Testament books of James and Jude, Hebrews and Revelation in a category called, quote, the disputed books. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. If I were to write a deeply personal letter to my wife regarding our future descendants, don't be taking seven of my choice paragraphs out of that letter. Why? You might be robbing those future descendants of a little bit of who Papa was. Now, don't you do that. Hi, this is Pam Stenzel. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 11.30 a.m. for the march, and then everyone else show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about the need to value and protect every pre-born baby from fertilization. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and spread the word. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to GRN online. Hi, this is Janet from St. Francis Religious Gifts and parishioner at Christ the Redeemer. You are listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome back to uh, Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McGlade. It's so funny. Praise be to God. We were just joking about how I got caught off guard that in the, halfway through that interview last hour. <laughs> She's pop quizzing me, and I wasn't quite paying 100% attention, and I got busted. I was reading, I was reading a comment from one of our listeners, and uh, just happened to be at a break, saved my bacon. I'm just saying. <laughs> Our Lady Endure of Nuts came lady, through. She came through for me. <laughs> Save me from having to uh, give that blank stare a, a second longer. So, But uh, Sylvia Durham, great guest. Praise be to she God. Our Lady Endure of Nuts. It is a fascinating story, though. The, uh, the Wolf, Wolfgang and his lovely wife arguing. I mean, very common, right? Uh, very common story for most Happens marriages. Happens to me all the time. Happens to you all the time with your spouse? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you guys manage? Oh, you know, I just mm-hmm. decided uh, mm-hmm. I was going to follow mm-hmm. scripture and just mm-hmm. put her away quietly. Really? Yeah, you know, yeah. you should get a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it. As wow. About it, you know. Now, when did you get married again? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. This when he was in vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was uh, in Vegas? In, yeah. Did mm-hmm. I just hear he got During married the, in Vegas? You know, I went to go see the Canelo fight in Vegas. And, and while I was there, I was like, might as well get married. So. Did you stop at the Elvis Chapel? Yeah, yeah, that's where I got married. Uh, actually, though, that would be He's an joking, invalid marriage. By the way. Yeah, I'm completely joking. joking. This is a joke. This is a joke. Yeah. But no, the uh, actually though, if I did mm. do that, that would be invalid marriage. You think? So, <laughs> do you so, think? So it wouldn't matter anyway. Yeah. What was your first clue? <laughs> Speaking of Elvis, have y'all ever had a, an Elvis sandwich? No. No. It's like a mm. peanut butter banana yeah. bacon sandwich. Gross. Peanut butter. I love peanut butter. Banana. I love banana. Which is a like good bananas. combo. I could do that. Mm. And, and then, then bacon. And then add bacon on anything is pretty much good. Yeah. Right? So I'd say it's pretty good. I don't like, I don't just like don't have it today. It's How Friday. do we go wrong with this uh, bacon, peanut butter, banana thing? Now, the problem is I can only have the bacon part of that. Oh. Because I'm on carnivore. Dang. Yeah. Well, I'll eat it in your honor. Just not today. It's You're the Friday. best. You are the absolute best. <laughs> anyway, praise be to God. Don't forget to get in on our uh, CDT Insider email. Uh, I'll be sending that to you in your inbox later today. 
Uh, you can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, to uh, find the CDT Insider email link and get signed up. It only takes a moment. You can do it on your cell phone as well if you like. Just pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828, and you can get in on our CDT Insider email. And uh, I'll send you a talk by Father Bill Casey just to say thank you for signing up and allowing me to harass you at least once a week. Praise be to God. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll get that email out to you later today. I always like to find something cool, something interesting to send to you for your weekend entertainment. So I'll be I'll be digging something up nice today. So don't worry about it. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat is our good friend Dave Palmer, who has apparently, as far as I know, talking about memorization, he has memorized the entire uh, 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 Thomas Aquinas body of work, not just the Summa Theologica. But everything he's ever penned, as far as I know, that's that's the rumor anyway. Good morning to you, Dave Palmer. Good morning, Joe. You're absolutely right. Everything that he has ever written is ever. in my head, <laughs> word for word. Word for word. Are you able to recite? Uh, can you just, uh, maybe we spend this whole segment, you just reciting. It's in his head, not on his lips. Re- reciting the Summa. <laughs> can we get the Summa done in 10 it? minutes? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing because Thomas only lived to be 49 years old. And, uh, you know, they say by the time he was a teenager, he had already had all the Psalms memorized and you yeah. know, books of Scripture. You know, mm-hmm. like you were saying before, we don't even read encyclicals any longer, much more, much less memorized stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he's he got a big body of work. And I've, I've actually read only a fraction of it. I pretty much, I'm kind of a one-trick pony. I focus on the Summa. <laughs> Did you now? I'm sure you've seen this movie, uh, Saint Joseph of Cupertino, the black and white version with Ricardo Montalban. I have, yeah, and I, I know you've talked about it a lot. Of, uh, yeah, actually, I was inspired to watch it because I've heard you talk about it. But uh, yeah, we I, we watched it with a family one time. You remember in that uh, where they were preparing for ordination, they had to memorize the entire Bible. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's tough. Yeah, and yeah, then uh, poor St. Joseph, he only knew one little passage. And uh, and so he was very nervous during the pop quiz of the, the bishop. And they, they asked him the one passage he knew. <laughs> Our Lady of Undoer of Knots, right there. Was that, was that the passage Jesus wept? Was that the, uh, that the shortest? <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. That's the one I can memorize. That's the one Jesus wept. So at any rate, uh, you know, it's fascinating to me the capacity uh, of some folks to memorize. We did talk about St. Thomas Aquinas' ability to memorize and the technique he used to create this memory. Uh, he used a cathedral in his mind, as Adrian pointed out to me a minute ago, the sort of mind castle technique. Uh, and what was the guy's name that wrote uh, Memorizing the Faith, Adrian? Kevin Voss. Kevin Voss uh, so teaches that, and it's very fascinating. But to, speaking of... The Summa. Speaking of Thomas Aquinas, today we're talking about apparently the uh, hierarchy of angels and why should I even care? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Back to the Father today, one o'clock. We're going to be talking about that. And, you you know, I think most people pretty much ignore the angels because you can't see them. We hear about them. It's, you know, it's a doctrine of the faith that they exist. But then beyond that, people are like, "Eh, okay, I got a guardian angel and okay, that's great. But there's one particular article in the Summa that really caught my attention, and it made me really think that it's important that we know about the hierarchy and the grades and orders of the angels. And the question Thomas asks is, are men taken up into angelic orders? 
And what he means is that at the end of time, when we die and we're judged and hopefully through God's grace, we receive our, our, you know, reward, we're not all going to be at the same level, okay? There's going to be many mansions. There's going to be, you know, a star differs from star and glory, St. Paul says. And so Thomas says we'll be equal to the angels. But the question that I'm really doing a lot of digging into is, it's almost like there's going to be a hierarchy of humans in heaven as well. And so will we correspond to the seraphim and the dominations and the powers and the virtues? I, I don't know the exact answer to that, but it seems to be enough evidence in the Summa to imply we will be with the angels, we'll be equal to the angels, and there's going to be a hierarchy of humans as well. So perhaps the way that, in a similar way that he has, you know, you know, order the angels, maybe that might be to some degree how we'll be in heaven. So that that's kind of the, the that, that's the um, the thing that I'm pondering, and I'm doing a lot of digging into the Summa to see. I don't know if you guys have any, any thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about what you're saying, that the fact that uh, a number of saints have mentioned that they believe that the second coming of Christ will happen once every empty seat that the fallen angels left behind is filled by a saint. And that, and that's whenever the second coming would happen, which is interesting to me because of, uh, I mean, we, our lady is up there in the highest level. So, I mean, I would think, and who took Lucifer's spot? Probably wasn't our lady because our lady is probably higher than that. And so who was there? But it is very interesting to think about because you read the saints. I'm reading the, the life of Louis de Pont, uh, that my friend uh, transcribed. And he was, uh, talking about how his spiritual director was so magnificent and so amazing that uh, Teresa Avila, it was her spirit director as well. And they mentioned how he is uh, in uh, the, one of the highest spots in heaven by the angels. And I, I think that's a very fascinating idea. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, we, we know we won't become angels. And the other thing is the angels can't change positions. You know, a, a seraphim is not going to become an archangel mm. and a power is not going to become a virtue. Uh, but Thomas makes it very clear, like I said before, that there will be orders uh, for us in heaven. And he also makes it clear in the Summa that it will be based upon our charity and our desire. And the, the latter is the one that I focus in on a lot because that's something we can kind of control. We can control how much we desire God, you know, how much we study him, how much we pursue him, how much we pray. And so the thing that fascinates me the most is to what degree is this in our hands that our respond, of course, responding to God's grace, but is there a certain way or manner that we can live that ultimately is going to give us a higher, you know, grade in heaven? You know, that's, of course, not, I'm not trying to discount God's grace. That's principle, but we know that there is a participation that we have in that. Do you think, I was just thinking about our relationship with the angels kind of feels like one of those things that most Catholics intellectually know. Okay, we have angels, great, but they don't have like a relationship with them or don't know how to interact or don't understand it, what relationship they ought to have with angels. Is that something you address as well? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're sensible creatures. And so I can much more relate to, you know, this cup of coffee that I'm uh, holding or you guys, because I can see you, the, the, it's, the angels are difficult. It's, it's like God. We can't see God, but we're still expected to have a relationship with him. And so, yeah, I, I think it's got, it's got to be taught. You know, angels are what we'd call sacred doctrine. They're supernatural. They're, they're not something that we would probably know exist if we weren't taught. 
So it's the responsible parents to teach their kids in school, Catholic schools, to teach the kids about angels. And I think a, a big part of it is, like you say, at, at that point, especially with our guardian angel, who are on the lowest rung of the angels, uh, to, to, to develop a relationship with them. Well, maybe yours is on the lowest. I'm pretty sure <laughs> mine's up there. Mine's body so, slamming the rest of y'all. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my guardian name my is guardian tougher than yours. Than yours. <laughs> Dave, all right, we got to settle this. Should we ask for their names? Should you ask for their names? Yeah. Okay. Or I like should we name them? That. Could we also ask we that name way? Our guardian? No, no, name? no. You can't because you, you name your dog because mm -hmm. it's lower than you and you mm -hmm. have ownership over your dog okay. or your pet, okay. you know, corn snake. But it's it's every every expert that I trust uh, has said that we you know, that that's very condescending to an angel because yeah. they're you know that's like you know naming somebody who's your 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 teacher or mm -hmm. they're brighter than us and so if anything they should be naming us <laughs> but no i i don't think we should name angels yeah i think it goes right into the the guardian angel prayer that we pray uh every night you know to light to guard to rule to guide like it's not that our guardian angels are our servants we are actually their servants they are the ones who are to light and guard us but also to rule and guide us so i think it's very important that we recognize that uh, a forgotten principle is lex orani lex credendi right the law of prayer is a law of belief and so our prayers are not just something pious that we say there are theology that's built into our prayers and a lot of people don't realize that we should actually think about these rote prayers that we learn as a child, as children and think about the words we're saying that these words were not, are not just pious sayings. They are profound and theological. Isn't that right, Dave? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, prayer is, of course, it's extremely important, but I'd also highlight, you know, the, the rote prayers that we know. Those are very important. The, the memorization, the, the, the reading of scripture very often. But the thing that I, if I have a particular interest in that kind of prayer is my, one of my prayers is just uh, what one uh, Dominican priest told me, explained to me as a, a, a spirituality of awareness. It's like the, 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 the created world. We can find something about God in the entire created world. I, I think, you know, as parents, especially for young kids, we need to get them out there in the creeks and the fields and the, the forests and discovering God's creation and connecting it back to them. I do this with the uh, high school students that I teach in my intro to the summa class is I have them every, every week find something in creation and then connect it to God. Some of them are, are easy, but, and then this has to do with, you know, I talked about charity. You can't love something you don't know. And so you have to come to know what we're, we're sensible creatures. We have to know the created world. We have to learn it. And then we learn to love it. And by loving it only because it's an effect of God. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, there's, there's, there's a whole, you know, like, how do we increase our desire for God? I think that's the, the premise and how it ties into the angels and what we can learn from them with the hierarchies is, is trying to desire God more. And that, 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 to your point, Adrian, prayer would clearly be a big part of that. Well, the show is called Back to the Father. It's uh, happening today, 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern, on uh, the YouTube channel and the Facebook page for the GRN, which you can find with the tag GRN Online. Uh, Dave Palmer is the guest, or the host, rather, and uh, he usually grills his interns and his assistant, Sissel, and uh, and hopefully that uh, is not only entertaining, uh, but it's also very informative as well. The show, again, is called Back to the Father, so uh, praise be to God, Dave. 
very grateful for you being on today and sharing that with us. I do have, uh, real quick before we go to break, I do have some unfortunate news. I want to ask everybody to pray for a very good close friend of mine and a friend of Dave Palmer. Mark Houck was arrested this morning uh, by SWAT team uh, because of his work witnessing for the pro-life cause in Philadelphia. So do us a favor and keep his family in your prayers. Hey, we'll be right back. We're going to have a good time. Going to give out some prizes today on fear and trembling, where you're going to learn something, have a laugh, and also win. you got to call right now, though, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. Thanks, Dave. In 1 Timothy, it says that Jesus is our sole mediator, yet we pray to Mary and the saints. Is that going against the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. By praying to the saints, we're accused of going against the Bible because it seems we are making the saints mediators between God and man, not just Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Abraham, and Job interceded on behalf of others. That's mediator Christ. 3.11. But scripture says that there is more than one foundation. Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. Scripture says that we have only one Lord, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4 verses 4 and 5. But scripture says there is more than one Lord. Revelations 19, 16. Scripture says that we have only one judge, Jesus Christ. James 4 verse 12. But scripture tells us there is more than one judge. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 2. Contradictions in scripture? No. Not when these passages are read in context. Jesus is the only foundation. Jesus is the only Lord and Jesus is the only judge, but we are members of Jesus' body. Therefore, we are able, according to the graces given by Christ, to share in Jesus' role as foundation, as Lord and as judge, and in other aspects of Christ as well. Another example, as a father, I share in God's role as the Father by His grace. And so also the saints in heaven can and do share in Christ's role as mediator. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. A Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas. Uh, but we just don't want you telling anybody. Otherwise, we love to tell you about what we do behind the scenes. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. Bragging rights, you know what I'm saying? Street cred. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time, a good chuckle. And our colors are actually amazing. Praise be to God. And then we give out prizes, which means uh, there's an incentive here for everybody. You learn something, you have a laugh, and you could win. The kicker is, uh, out of the three Catholic trivia questions I have in front of me, we do not ask the caller the questions, so they don't even need to know. They may never know the correct answers, but could actually still win the game. And that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy, and I will ask Adrian. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer, 
The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And today's the day we pull the name and give out the prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week are the Troops of St. George. Now, the Troops of St. George Apostolate aims to use the outdoors as their canvas and the sacraments as the path to light the way for the formation of holy Catholic men and boys. Whether called to the vocation of priesthood, the religious life, or that of holy fatherhood, our fathers and sons will make a prayerful pilgrimage together to fulfill Christ's desire for them to grow in virtue and in their holy Catholic faith as a journey towards heaven. St. George, pray for us. Now, uh, if you want to uh, take a look at the Troops of St. George, maybe they're in your area. It's the Catholic equivalent, maybe even better than the Boy Scouts. So check out org, and they've generously underwritten the game show this week. We're going to draw the prize today, which happens to be a custom Italian rosary, paracord, and Italian olive wood, as well as a tumbler and a water bottle, all with the Troops of St. George regalia on it. Thank you so much. Amen. Troops of St. George. Dot org is their website, and I encourage everybody to check it out. If you're looking for a wonderful alternative to scouting uh, with a super awesome Catholic uh, you know, layer on top, well, troopsofstgeorge.org might be the better place to go. But let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Jose. Good morning. Praise be to God, Jose. We're glad you're on with us today. Where are you from? Uh, San Antonio, sir. San Antonio. Now, Jose, you do understand, of course, that San Antonio is a great town, not just because I grew up there, right? Like, it has it has <laughs> other reasons to claim greatness. You do understand, right, Jose? Like the Alamo. Yes, I do. <laughs> like the Jets and Rockets or something like that? Well, yeah, the Jets and Rockets is, like, next on the list for awesomeness because, you know, greatest high school football team on the planet. Uh, where did you go to school, Jose? Oh, well, I lived near Judson ISD, actually. Makes sense. It makes mm. sense. I mean, who wouldn't want to? It is like, <laughs> it is an amazing school. But he thought it was uh, not up to par, so he went somewhere else. <laughs> I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. Where do you go to church, Jose? St. Monica. St. Monica. Praise be to God. Well, we're grateful for your time today. Now, do you understand how this game works, sir? Yes, sir. I listen to you guys every single day. Well, we're, wow, we love that. You. Thank you for that. Praise be to Jesus. Someday we're going to have to come to San Antonio and do a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, oh, yes. we would love to hang out with you for sure. Not All right. during the summertime. <laughs> it's not during the heat <laughs> it's too of the hot. summer. I'm sorry. We'll have to come. Uh, we'll have, maybe, yeah, hmm, we'll, we'll figure it out. But nonetheless. All right, Jose, are you ready to play, sir? Yes, sir. Well, let's do this thing. We will start with Rudy Carlos, who is uh, who has lost ten pounds of beard mm-hmm. recently. So uh, that's one way to lose weight. <laughs> yep. I should try that. I should maybe. more aerodynamic. Now, <laughs> that's what it is. All right, Rudy. Uh, good morning to you. Good Looking morning. dapper now Thank with you. your handlebar uh, Crustero mustache. Crustero mustache. Mustache. How do you say it? How would you say it? Mustache. As mustache. opposed to some people are saying, I look like somebody. No. No, not that guy. Not the, I don't know what I'm guy like that Cristero. is. This is Cristero yeah. inspired. This is the Cristero stash. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. uh, I am ready. Are you ready? Yes. You're sure? Yes. Here we go. What famous Catholic proved that disease and decay are caused by bacteria? You know... Catholics have cornered the market mm-hmm. on all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Science discoveries, mm-hmm. uh, food. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy, he discovered this. Yeah. Marcel Boilier. 
Boilier. Boilier. Boilier. Yes. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Marcel. Marcel Boilier. It's not Marcel La Boilier. Le Boilier. La Boilier. Boule- Le Boilier. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get it. Trying to nail it. Guy deserves to get his name correct. That's all That's I'm true. saying. That's true. All right. Uh, Adrian, maybe you could help. What famous Catholic proved that disease and, and decay are caused by bacteria? Well, I must say, Marcel, what an amazing name, but really? I'm going to go with. Louis Pasteur, <laughs> or Louis Pasteur. Louis Louis Pasteur. Louis That's how I imagine the French Louis language Pasteur. is pronounced. Yeah. But I actually have no idea. They're <laughs> rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> the French, <laughs> the French <laughs> are like, stop it, stop, stop, it. please, for the love of all. Keep that it's my good. language out of your mouth. Exactly. That's what you get for the French Revolution. All right, here we go. Uh, Jose in San Antonio, you've got options. The famous Catholic that proved that disease and decay are caused by bacteria, which has caused the infection of my jaw this week, praise be to God, uh, was that Louis Pasteur, as Adrian says, or Marcel Boileur, as Rudy seems to suggest. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jose, what say you? Interesting, interesting, both of them. Uh, I want to go for the Cristero mustache, but I have to go with Adrian. Whoa! What? You had us there. Wow, Jose. That was a curveball. That was a curveball. He curveballed us. Man, I'm not playing poker with you, Jose. All right. Uh, no, well, sir. You're a shark. I could tell. In fact, Louis Pasteur is the correct answer. Uh, Marcel Boileur is a fake name that he Rudy was a made. boiler. He would boil the sure. stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Question number two. Going to go to Adrian with this one. Adrian, what is the term for the relaxation of a church law? Giving only under special circumstances of a case. Yeah, that's called an exemption. You are exempted. Exemption, you say? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Uh, Rudy, uh, what do you say here? What is the term for the relaxation of a church law giving only under special special circumstances of a case? Special circumstances. Not all the time. Dispensation. Mm. Dispensation, you say? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a dispensation, Joe. Why don't you take the next two days off? Praise be to God. You're, you're very generous. Hey, you're welcome. I'm gonna take you up. You're on a hard that. worker, man. Wow. All right. All right, Jose. You got choices. This term for the relaxation of a church law under special circumstances is that a dispensation, as Rudy Carlos suggests, or is it an exception, as Adrian is trying to make us believe? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jose in Rocket Country, what say you? <laughs> I believe Gilbert uh, Rudy with the uh, Cristero look. <laughs> <laughs> so wise. <laughs> uh, I was going to go with the third option. We call that pretty much every day here now in the church. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Just normal, uh, special business as usual. Uh, it's like Putin's the, special yeah, operation. Every time we get a dispensation, the prior would say, Benedicamus Domino, and we'd all respond, Deo gratias, which is, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord, and it was thanks be to God. Yeah. All right, dispensation yeah. is the correct answer. Well done, you're in for two. You could win this thing. Uh, let's just see how it goes on this third question. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, what is the term for a place set apart for meals 
in a religious house. What do we call that? In a religious house? <sighs> okay, because, uh, you know, in my house, we just call it the couch. But in a religious house, <laughs> it's called a refectory. A refectory. Refectory. A refectory. 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 That's right. Refectory. Wow, I'm confused now. All right. All right. Uh, gee, uh, but uh, let's go to the guy who's actually been to our religious house and see what he says. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me? Okay. What, what is the term for a place set apart for meals in a religious house? A religious house. We're talking yeah. like mm-hmm. we're talking like in the West. Uh, we're like we're talking like sure. monks. Yeah, we're talking like sisters. Yeah, like Dominicans. Like Dominicans. Yeah, but not Franciscans. Oh. They, well, they probably eat outside, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna go bare feet. I'm gonna go with a trapaza. Uh, I'm sorry, Kazuntai. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. God bless you. Trapaza. Uh, what a trapaza? Mm-hmm. What is the trapaza? It's I just. It's the place where they eat. Yes, that's what you're saying. It's a term for a place set apart for meals in a religious house. Okay, okay. Uh, Jose, is this a special place to eat meals in a religious house? A trapaza, as Adrian says, or a refectory, as Rudy is telling us. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jose in San Antonio. What say you? Well, um. Adrian, even if he was in the house, mm-hmm. the religious, but mm-hmm. it's what Rudy said, reflective. Wow. Wow. Duh. Duh. Perfect score, Jose. Now, it may or may not be God's holy will that you should win. Uh, Brother Rudy is drawing the name right now, so stand by. Right. Here we go. Let's see here. And the prize goes to Angie. Congratulations, Daisy. <laughs> Jose, it was not God's holy will, but you were incredibly fun. Thanks for playing our game. You did so well. And I love the reverse curveballs you threw at us. That was amazing. God bless you, Jose. Thank you. Have a great day, and we'll see you back here on Monday morning. If you can hang out with us in the after show, we would love to have you. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt, and do please keep my good friend Mark Houck in your prayers and his family as they are now having to deal with uh, this new curveball in their life. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Pius of Pietrelcina. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. All people that on earth do dwell 
Sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Serve him with mirth, his praise forth tell. Come we before him and rejoice. Know that the Lord is God indeed. Without our aid he did us make. We are his folk, he does us feed. And for his sheep he does us take. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Pius of Pietrocina, known to us as Padre Pio. He lived in the late 1800s and the 1900s, grew up in the, the family of peasant farmers in southern Italy. When he was 15, he joined the Capuchins. It was after he was ordained a priest that at the age of 21, he first experienced the stigmata, the wounds of Christ upon his body, which would continue through his life. This Hearing about this drew many people to come to attend his masses, go to confession to him. It drew investigations by authorities in which he was cleared. Over time, he also helped to start uh, a great new hospital where he ministered. He died on this day in the year 1968. Rather than let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who by a singular grace gave the priest St. Pius a share in the cross of your Son, and by means of his ministry renewed the wonders of your mercy, grant that through his intercession we may be united constantly to the sufferings of Christ, and so brought happily to the glory of the resurrection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. There is an appointed time for everything, and a time for everything under the heavens, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot the plant, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, 
a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them. Time to embrace, and a time to be far from embraces. A time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and a time of peace. What advantage has the worker from his toil? I have considered the task that God has appointed for the sons of men to be busied about. He has made everything appropriate to its time and has put the timeless into their hearts without man's ever discovering from the beginning to end the work which God has done. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, my mercy and my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield in whom I trust. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Lord, what is man that you notice him, the son of man that you take thought of him? Man is like a breath, his days like a passing shadow. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Son of Man came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Once when Jesus was praying in solitude and the disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist. Others, Elijah. Still others, one of the ancient prophets has arisen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said in reply, The Christ of God. He rebuked them and directed them not to tell this to anyone. He said, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. For everything, turn, 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 there is a season, turn, 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 and a time for every purpose under heaven. Well, that song from the birds is pretty familiar, right? Or used to be? And of course, this puts to music what is right here in our reading from the chapter 3 of the book of Ecclesiastes. Which is fitting because commentators think that perhaps it already existed at the time the book was written and the author Koheleth was quoting it. 
And probably this song was, was thought of by most people in the way that it's thought of now. That at this time it might be brought out at weddings, wedding receptions, perhaps people are thinking of it or singing it in their cars around the times of baptisms, the little children, or other things like that. And they're looking up there and they're like, it's my little girl. And now she's all grown up and she's getting married. She's going to have children of her own. It's the circle, the circle of life. Now the thing is, is that people might have liked that thought back then like they like it now. Kohelth was quoting it because he didn't like it. He was quoting it disapprovingly. And you might say, but how, how could he possibly object to the circle of life? Well, as we know from hearing from chapter 1 yesterday, it's because he looked at this and he saw a cycle going round and round and round and round without end, without change, without completion. And, of course, this is how many cultures have looked at life in history, as indeed simply a circle going round and round, going nowhere, simply repeating, a circle going round and round. And we know that he was frustrated with that for, the, for that reason. And you and I might be frustrated with it for a different reason. Because, of course, it is one thing to sing about the circle of life when it's a wonderful occasion, like somebody getting married. But there are other times when somebody dies, and maybe they die too young, or maybe they're suffering, or maybe they've been hurt. There's too much, we might say, too much killing, too much dying, too much war, too much hate. The circle of life, we might say, is necessarily also the circle of death. And so at those times, we and others around us will be crying out, How long, O oh Lord? How long? The circle is not something that we enjoy. Now we know that sometimes people in our culture today aren't asking these questions because they're numbing and addicting themselves to other things, distracting themselves with being a workaholic, or with substances, alcohol, uh, drugs, or of course, with our screens. There's always something else to take in so that we don't have to think about the difficult parts of the cycle or the fact that it goes on and on. But the good news in Christ is that it is not simply a cycle that endlessly repeats. Thus it was that if we think about the Gospel reading, we did not hear in the book of Ecclesiastes there is a time for the Messiah to be sent and there is a time for the Messiah to die and there is a time for the Messiah to rise again. Wait, what? Yesterday we heard Kohela say, there is nothing new under the sun. But this is something new. Part of Christian revelation is that time is not simply a cycle that repeats again and again, but it is a line that is going somewhere. And so it is when we look at salvation history, we see such events as God choosing Abraham, and from that one man building a family, building a nation, establishing a covenant, and preparing the people for something that would come that would become the center of history, that God the Son would become incarnate as man. And that he would give his life, as we heard our Lord predicting in the Gospel. And on the third day he would be raised. And this is something definitively new. And as we, if we are drawing this on a board, as we go towards the end of that line, we see the point where he will come again. And we're in the, as in the words of the book of Revelation, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or mourning, 
weeping or pain. For the old order has passed away. And the one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And so this is good news for us and good news for those around us. So that when we and others around us experience these cycles, we know they are not simply cycles. But instead, He is making us into saints. All of these things, as St. Paul writes in the book, his letter to the Romans, all things work for good, for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. The sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared to the glory to be revealed to us. All creation groans and labor pains awaiting the revelation of the children of God. All these things He is using for our good. Surely, is for a reason connected to this that people were so drawn to Padre Pio that in seeing in him those stigmata as well as other miraculous works in catching in him a connection to God especially in confession that they sensed the reality of God in history touching them, working so that nothing is lost and everything, all parts of that cycle are being used for us so it is we come to Mass meeting our Lord Jesus directly, receiving from Him the foretaste, this foretaste, this banquet, this heavenly banquet, a foretaste of what He will give to us fullness when history comes to its conclusion in the heavenly kingdom. With all humility, let us present our request to our Father in heaven. That God may give true unity to all Christians, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God may grant that hatred may disappear from among all people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God may protect and give aid to the weak and the elderly, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God may welcome our deceased brothers and sisters into the company of his saints. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God may grant us the power to bear the trials and obstacles of this day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayers. And since without you we can do nothing, make us strong with your protection through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Master came to bring good news, the news of love and freedom, to heal the sick and seek the poor, to build the peaceful kingdom. Father, forgive us, through Jesus hear us, as we forgive one another. The laws fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the man who lived for others. The law of Christ is serve in love our sisters and our brothers. Father, forgive us, through Jesus hear us, as we forgive one another.
to seek the sinners, Jesus came to live among the friendless, to show them love that they might share the kingdom that is endless. Father, forgive us, through Jesus hear us, as we forgive one another. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Most merciful God, who are pleased to create in blessed pious the new man in your image, the old having passed away, graciously grant, we pray, that renewed like him, we may offer you the acceptable sacrifice of conciliation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through who Christ our Lord. For in the marvelous confession of your saints, you make your church fruitful with strength ever new, and offer us sure signs of your love and that your saving mysteries may be he fulfilled. Their great example lends us courage. Their fervent prayers sustain us in all we do. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks as in exultation we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice 
and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mysterium fidei, mortem tuam, annunciamus Domine, et tuam resurrectionem confitemur, dohone venias. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, 
Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. And I say to you, that you who have left all and followed me will receive a hundredfold and possess eternal life. In act of spiritual communion, my Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. At that first Eucharist before you died, O Lord, you prayed that all be one in you. At this our Eucharist again preside, and in our hearts your law of love renew. Thus may we all one bread, one body be. Through this blessed sacrament of unity. For all your church, O Lord, we intercede. O make our lack of charity to cease. Draw us the nearer each to each we plead. By drawing all to you, O Prince of Peace, Thus may we all one bread, one body be, Through this blessed sacrament of unity. Let us pray. By the power of the sacrament, Lord, we pray, lead us always in your love, through the example of blessed pious, 
and bring to fulfillment the good work you have begun in us until the day of Christ Jesus, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. The Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, we praise you. God, we bless you. God, we name you, Sovereign Lord, Mighty King, whom angels... The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. This is the station that the Lord has made. KSHJ, 1430 AM, Houston, Texas. So listen on air and online at grnonline.com. Rejoice and be glad in it. The intercession of the